Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. I am joined today as we're recording this here on a gorgeous Sunday in Auburn with Jason Caldwell, recapping some football finally. Jason, Auburn's first game of the season there inside Jordan-Hare Stadium against UMass. By all accounts, Jason, a resounding success in a lot of different ways. Of course, this was not only an anticipated game for Auburn to get on the field and to watch this team um, this season, but also, Jason, this has been a coaching staff that has done all the right things and a fan base that has felt reinvigorated ever since Cadillac took over. Now for them to get back under one roof again, so to speak, um, you know, there was a lot of excitement about every aspect of the day and shoot from the weather to what they saw on the field. Um, I'd say that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty entertaining opener. It's about as, uh, it's about as perfect as you could ask for, for, uh, for Hugh Freeze and company. Yeah, no, I agree. It was um, hard to have a better first day when you look at everything involved and um, you know, was it perfect? No. If you're a coach, do you want it to be perfect? No. Um, I, I thought in every aspect, the things surrounding the game were pretty close to perfect. When you think about the Tiger Walk and the energy, um, you know, before the game, um, people on the sidelines. I mean, it was it was like an Iron Bowl sideline in terms of the people there and the excitement level. I mean, it felt like a it, and it felt like a big game, um, and so that was a big part of it. Um, you know, and then to, to see. You know, Hugh Freeze enjoying it with his family. Uh, you know, and I think that's important. It was, it was, you know, the first one. You kind of get that. Okay, here's our first one. Went roll tumors corner after the game and some of those things. And so I, I thought it was, it was good from an everything else standpoint. And then on the field, lots of positives, some things to work on, some things that maybe got a little bit of an answer. Um, all in all, uh, a really good day. Yeah, let's get into it here and talk about what we saw from the field. Um, the first thing was, Jason, that that I thought about as we were looking there at the fourth quarter, and it was pretty clear that Auburn wasn't going to turn the ball over unless one of the backup running backs fumbled, was you remember a couple weeks ago, Hugh Freeze said, if we run the ball and don't turn it over, we're going to be pretty tough to beat. That's regardless of defensive progression. That's regardless of quarterback. This was during the quarterback competition, and they did that, and that's a pretty sound thing you can do. In week one, we mentioned that this team probably wouldn't have a bunch of issues running the ball, um, but they did it in a bunch of interesting ways. 289 rushing yards, 
really nobody was uh, we, we, we predicted maybe somebody would go over the century mark. Nobody did, um, but a bunch of different ball carriers in this game uh, played really well. Sean Jackson actually ends up as your t- as your top rusher in this game because him and Jeremiah Cobb, the, the true freshman, both had long touchdown runs in the second half. He has 64 yards. Cobb has 57. Robbie Ashford added 51 yards. We're definitely going to talk about him. Um, 43 yards for Damari Alston. 31 yards for Brian Between. Shoot, Justin Jones, 33 yards there for him in the fourth quarter. So this run game, Jarquez Hunter did not play, as we sort of alluded to and talked about the possibility of um, last week, especially pregame when it was pretty clear he wasn't going to. We'll get some answers on that maybe this week and see what he looks like for Cal. But um, you know, between Robbie Ashford, Jason, and this this stable of running backs, um, it wasn't always it wasn't 100%. I wouldn't say it was the most perfect running game in the world. Um, but over the course of four quarters, it was one that we thought maybe they would lean on, and and they definitely did as kind of uh, to set the tone for the game. Yeah, and you know it wasn't one where, um, you know, there were some some grinded out yards at times, but the you know they were constantly moving forward. I think they only had eight yards lost or whatever for the for the entire game. And when you're played, I don't know how many ten twelve probably twelve different offensive linemen uh, during the course of a game you played. Uh, four different running backs or five different running backs without your number one. Um, pretty impressive that you didn't have a drop snap or, or something. You know, I thought everything about the execution of the running game was really good, and they got push. Um, had a couple, a couple of big plays came from you know the guys kind of down the line a little bit, and I think that's something that could be a maybe a look ahead for this offense when you think about the tempo, um, the depth that they're going to use some of those things. You may see those plays happen in the third and fourth quarter for this team because of what they're doing to the defense on the other side. I mean, they went as fast as anybody we've seen probably since, you know, before the clock rules changed in 2009, 2010, and and, and those Auburn teams in terms of tempo, they did it. They threw the ball out of it. They did some different things with it. Um, Again, execution wasn't perfect, but I thought the run game tempo especially is going to be something that's going to really pay off for this team, and they did it in a variety of ways. Hey, as Free said post game, he said sometimes we were snapping it with thirty seconds left on the uh, on the play clock. There, yeah, they were getting up to it four or five seconds after the play was over, and and Peyton Thorne was getting up there and snapping the ball. Um, you, you know, we kind of said, hey, maybe this is a game where UMass is going to have an opportunity to score in the first half a little bit, and you might look down in the second quarter and say, oh, that's interesting. Technically, you could have looked down the second quarter on another game and seen ten to seven. It was ten to seven very early. In the second quarter, both teams scored on their opening drive. The difference was Auburn's defense fixed things very quickly. Jason Jones was talking after the game about, yeah, you know, you can have as much film as you want, but it's kind of difficult as a unit until you get out there on the field and kind of feel each other out for about a drive. Not even, you know, separate from an opponent, just your own players on defense quickly got settled in on uh, on defense and slowed down that UMass offense. Um, but Auburn scored. Uh, excuse me, 21 points there in the second quarter to, to really pull away and put this one, uh, put this one, you know, away in the second quarter and kind of do things, dictate things at their own pace. And the reason they did that, Jason, was uh, three touchdowns there in the uh, in the second quarter by Robbie Ashford. We said this was going to be not this was not going to be a gadget for them. This was going to be a part of the offense. And it certainly was red zone. Robbie is a thing for them right now. They'd get down really not even the red zone. They'd get like 14, 13, 12 yard line 
and say, all right, th- we know how difficult this is to defend down here. It came on kind of a quarterback power where you pull the running back. Um, it came on some zone read stuff. Lots of different looks down there for Robbie Ashford. And as you wrote after the game, Jason, we'd seen that all preseason. We'd seen them do that over and over again in goal line settings with Robbie in the preseason, and it was extremely difficult to stop. That proved to be the case again, and I know Auburn fans are really excited to see how that evolves over the course of the year. Yeah, and and you know if you're Cal, if you're you know Auburn's opponents moving forward, you start to look at that and go, okay, you've got to be prepared for that um, in the red zone, in, in goal line situations, some of those things. Well, there's also things you can add to that because I mean, we, you know, you look up and Robbie's Robbie's passes stats don't look very good, and then you, you look and go, I mean, he had a, a really good third down throw call back because of a hands to the face on Dylan Wade. Um, one of those was a third and 24 because of that. And you're just basically throwing it because they blitzed and, and didn't. So um, there's still some things in the passing game that you can add off of this that are going to be there. And teams are going to have a whole lot of trouble stopping because you have to commit so much to the run. When he's in the game, you have to commit so much to it. And even then, you know, we've seen it with whether it was Cam Newton or Nick Marshall, people knew it was coming, but you have an extra guy you have an extra guy that you have to account for because your quarterback is now the runner. And so uh, it makes it hard. And so I think there's going to be more added. There's going to be more from Peyton Thorne. He Freeze said something I thought was, was you know, pretty obvious, but probably needed to be said in the postgame. Look, we had a lot of things we figured like what we could do in the passing game that we just didn't use. Once it got to a point, they're like, look, we're not going to use those things. We don't need them today. That's something I think that people need to pay attention to because we said it before the game. I did not expect Rivaldo Fairweather to catch 10 passes. And then people have been asking me, where was Rivaldo Fairweather? I said, look, I'm, I'm, t- I'm just, they're not going to use him. And they didn't. They didn't use him. He's a guy that's going to be involved in this offense and going to be involved heavily. So there's a lot of things that, that we saw. I think we saw the basics of what Robbie Ashford's, you know, what his package can do. Obviously, Peyton Thorne, some of those other ones. They'll continue to add to all those things moving forward. But it's a pretty good start. Yeah, you know, that this is Hugh Freeze's thing, a complex passing game. We saw some of that, like you said, we saw some of that read-based stuff in action for the first time. Peyton Thorne, starting quarterback. You know, Robbie Ashford comes away. This was really not, I wouldn't say best-case scenario, but this was a very good-case scenario for Auburn in this first game. People come away from it talking maybe more about Robbie Ashford, but it was not because Peyton Thorne did anything bad. It was just you, you were really excited about how well you used your backup quarterback in this game, Peyton Thorne, his first Auburn start, he goes 10 of 17 um, for 141 yards on their first offensive play of the second half. He found Jay Fair. Um, there's a shanked punt, and so they started at the 29-yard line of UMass. Found Jay Fair wide open in the seam. Jay Fair, by the way, leading receiver, six targets, five catches in this game, 56 yards and a touchdown um, as well. Thorne talked after the game. You know, him and Hugh Freezer, it's kind of interesting. They sort of parrot each other. They, they, they sort of are saying – the same things Hugh Freeze said post game. There were about three throws that you know, three decisions he made that I thought he shouldn't have made. Um, the one where he ripped his uh, ripped his headset off mm-hmm. and was pulling Thorn toward, toward the sideline. I looked at it today, Jason. I'm no coach. I think he was supposed to read to give the ball to Alston because they had a hat on a hat there in the box, and instead he threw it to the back. Yeah. Maybe sure. there Maybe. was that. I didn't go make a look at the play, but I saw him pointing, and so there. Uh, there may have been another receiver because they had a screen on the other side. Ended up going to the double coverage side and thrown into where two guys were. So I think it was more decision making, and that's something we saw. I had something. I had a couple of people mention to me in church this morning. 
they didn't remember a time when Auburn got as many one-on-one opportunities as they did yesterday uh, in the passing game. And I said, look, that's, that's the design of the offense. That's exactly it because it's not determined by coach standing on the sidelines. It's determined by the quarterback and wide receiver reading what the defense give them. And they say, look, when we get these one-on-one opportunities, we're going to take them. And we saw that even later in the game, they're throwing the football because that's that's what dictated because it was one-on-one situation. So, you know, I think receivers, as they keep getting more of those opportunities, will make some of those. There were probably three three balls in one-on-one situations where you go, you, you like your receiver to probably come up with those plays. If, if that happens, you probably got another 60, 70 yards in passing for, for Peyton Thorne or, you know, Robbie Asher, whoever. And you're looking at, you know, it'll be a little, a little less in a run game, a little bit more in a pass game, but yeah, it's uh it is continued to work in progress, but I thought, the the ideas and what they wanted to do in the passing game were the right ones yesterday too. Yeah. And uh, you know, like you free said, it continues to be a takeaway from Peyton Thorne is took care of the ball. You know, there was maybe one pass that, that he got saved a little bit that maybe could have been an interception. But like you said, Jason, in an offense where you're going to put the ball near a DB a lot of the time, because you're asking a receiver to make the play in that offense throughout the preseason, he's he's been he's taken really good care of the ball. And so that's something that obviously this coaching staff loves about Thorne. And and uh you could tell from talking to him as well, there wasn't they didn't put a lot out there in this game. A lot of their more advanced passing concepts were not really on display. They'll probably need them because we'll talk a tiny bit about Cal. Of course, we'll get into them a lot, but uh, they're going to score some. That's that could be a high scoring game next Saturday. That could be a really fun shootout in tonight <laughs> in California. I, I saw the early line, and when I saw 58 and a half or whatever it was, I was thinking, Ooh, I don't know if that's nearly enough for this game. Yeah, what both these offenses did. And, and some, yeah, I, that was my initial thought too. It was like, I think this could be both teams in the 30s kind of game. Um, but we haven't talked about the Auburn defense yet. And Nathan, there were some, some intriguing things on that side of the ball too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, it was an interesting day um, for them. They they had a great game overall. Um, I think a lot of people maybe were shadowed by the early issues in the run defense and maybe never came around on it and realized that it was like the next eight drives of UMass's starting offense. It's three three and outs, two turnovers, two turnovers on down, a missed field goal. This is a unit under Ron Roberts that um, they got it together really fast in this game. Now, granted, you're going to be facing much better talent all year. And UMass, I understand Pumanchan 
Um, it was difficult from our vantage point, but reading people, I know he was hobbling a little. He wasn't, he wasn't hundred percent down there. Um, he, but he wasn't 50 either. Yeah. He, he rolled it a little bit and he was still, he was still running around fine. Um, yeah, no, the adjustments made, I, I, I've been talking about Utah's defense for years. And I mentioned a little bit, you know, in, in the story, in my column today, but you know, you look at Utah and they don't have a ton of first rounders on defense. But what they do is they play really aggressive and they say, look, we're going to force you to do something. I saw a little bit of that in Auburn's defense yesterday, and that may be what it takes for this team because I just don't know that they're going to line up and say we're going to play base defense and whip a lot of folks. But you know what? There's there's a lot of ways to to get it done, and it it may be a little bit different than Auburn folks are used to this year. Yeah. Uh, Your defensive MVP, Jason, we'll have our exit survey on Monday, but – one of the veteran defensive backs, I would say, is either five or 36. Uh, Jalen Simpson had two takeaways in this game, technically, yep. um, but Donovan Kaufman forced the first turnover of the season. Um, Jalen Simpson, entertaining as always, and Jason, all offseason, ball hawk is the yep. word we use to describe that's him it. at safety. There you go. That's it. That's, it. That's, that's the guy. I mean, you know, somebody asked me, like, who I thought would lead the team in interceptions. I said, I think Jalen Simpson does. That was when we did our kind of our preseason picks and those things. I said, Jalen Simpson, I think he's a guy that is perfectly fit now in that role as a safety, and we saw that yesterday. And he's a cornerback skilled guy at safety, and so it came up. And, you know, what's interesting is is the pressure situations, whether it was Donovan Kaufman, Keontae, Keontae Scott forced Jalen Simpson's interception with a blitz off the edge. And so you had two of those nickel star kind of guys that were pressuring a lot. And that's speed, quickness, almost, and somebody mentioned in, in, in postgame, almost Tyron Matthew kind of impact yesterday. Can you keep doing that throughout the year? I don't know, but um, we saw Eugene Asante getting after it a little bit in some blitz situations. They use speed guys to create pressure, and it worked pretty well and uh, did it without Nehemiah Pritchett. Uh, I would guess he'd probably be back and be ready to go this week, but Kay and Lee played in there. I would say that probably four or five of the completions they had yesterday were probably slants on Kay and Lee where he was kind of giving a little bit and, and he freeze talked about that. They didn't get pretty big plays and uh, they kept everything in front of them and found a way to get some pressure. They gave up one play of 15 or more yards in the passing game, Jason, and it was the 58-yard touchdown where With, you had fourth and fifth stringers. The game. Yes, I mean, it was – and. You know, even then, you know, they, they kind of they played it in position-wise, just took a bad angle from the safeties. The corners kind of kind of helped and pushed everything back inside, and when he cut inside, the safeties cut the angle a little bit too short. It, it happens. That was still a first team. That was still their number one wide receiver. That yeah, was I was going to say, I don't know if they knew that your guy, Anthony Simpson, had that kind of speed. Yeah, that was that was the guy that I talked about. Like, you're, you're one guy that's the playmaker for them. That was him. He got it and turned on the Jets, and I think it was a little wake-up call for guys. And okay. That's a little bit different. Even for UMass, you better be ready for that. Yeah, talking about Donovan Kaufman's impact. So, you know, Free said, hey, Pritchett couldn't go. Um, you know, J.D. Rim could not go. And so that led to more snaps. You know, led to more snaps for Kai and Lee at corner. It also led to a little bit bigger roles at that star position. Um, the nickel there in the middle with uh, with Keontae Scott starting. But look, if they if they can get this kind of rotation going between those two guys, because they still think very – Scott is your starter – um, one of the bigger leaders on this team. Um, obviously had a really big punt return this game, 56-yard punt return on the hop. 
that showed how explosive he is when they can get him to field that thing cleanly. Um, but this game showed that star position um, at at Baylor that was so fun to watch under Ron Roberts. And like you said, you know, we're obviously not saying it was Eugene Asante's quote that Donovan Kaufman is as as, as good as Tyron Matthew and and got that Honey Badger nickname, but it breeds that sort of playmaking in space. When you bring come up to the line of scrimmage, Kaufman's Kaufman's uh, strip sack. He he's just come. He just came screaming off the edge against a left mm-hmm. tackle. And what's I mean? I don't know what this guy's supposed to do. Kaufman just ducked under him. That's yeah. all he had yeah. to do. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's such a that's such a fun position to look. He came up on the edge and, and rushed the passer five times. Jason, according to PFF, he got a pressure on four of them. Yeah, so no. it was a very effective game plan for that that star position. Yeah, and game. I think that's it. I, I think we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see more blitz packages from this team, given a lot of different looks. Uh, we saw some of those faux blitzes um you know one of the one of the pressures one you know one of those the jason jones pressure came off a four-man rush but it was kind of one of those faux pressures like do you know where it's coming from and it did not end up being a blitz but for those guys it felt like a blitz and jason jones got pressure in in the middle so it added to it a little bit too and depth on that side of the ball they played a a bunch of guys they played a bunch of guys on the defensive front um you know in the midst of that game um much more than we've seen the last two years and so um this continue. I think it's going to be wave after wave. I think that's the way this team's going to have to play on both sides of the ball. You know, we said it in, in you know, previewing the game. You know, wouldn't be surprised to see 40, 45 players play in the first half. Heck, it may have been more than that. It honestly may have been more than that, guys. And in the first quarter, we might have, there might have been 35 in the first quarter. I mean, there was a lot of guys coming in and out. And uh, that's, I think that's the way these guys want to see it. Yeah, a couple injuries as well that uh, that I think once once they get him back. You mentioned Pritchett. You know who didn't play? Jason was Jalen McLeod. Jaylen he, McLeod did he he did not he, check into the he game. He was dressed though. He was yeah. he was dressed, and uh, I think that was hey coach's decision. Going look, we're okay in this game. Yeah, we need you, buddy. <laughs> we need you for the this long haul. Same thing with Nehemiah Pritchett. Maybe if you're playing Georgia, he might give it a go, um, but not in this one. And so yeah. Those guys, we didn't see Nick Mardner, um, wasn't dressed as well. Everybody else, I think, was pretty good. And then, as you said, Jarquez Hunter, we'll see um, kind of what that situation is. Maybe have a better idea starting on Monday um, as we kind of get heading towards next week. But um, I think this team, hey, they talked about it even before he came back. Look, we feel good about our running backs. I think that showed up on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, they have the obviously, like Cadillac said, that depth, I think, showed itself in maybe a better way than we could have even anticipated in this first game um, because how even things were. I mean, from from the top down and you had, of course, the bottom guys, Justin Jones and Sean Jackson and Jeremiah Cobb, who was absolutely impressive. I was talking to a bunch of people during the game. Um, You guys have been watching him forever. And so I texted Christian immediately. As soon as he scored that touchdown, I said he can go. He can go like that. Like he that burst that he had. We haven't seen him in practice break a run like that. I did not know he. I did yeah. not know he was that fast. Yes, no, he is. I mean, again, like I said, I think the first game of his tenth grade year, I saw him and immediately I put him in a part of a notebook from from watching Montgomery Catholic and Dayville. I think that night he's about one hundred seventy pounds. Like, look, this guy has it. He has it. And everybody said that that's been the that's been the word for him in preseason was it. He stuck his head in there and in a couple of past situations and, and block guys. 
reminds me so much of his head coach. I mean, his position coach. Um, he reminds me a lot of Carnell. Reminds me of, of you know, you could put him at safety, put him wide receiver. You could put you could do a lot of things with him, and he'd be okay. But he's a running back, and he plays a lot bigger than he might show up. Um, saw him yesterday, a natural instinct. He got in there, and a the guy dove at his legs, and he just kind of little track move almost, a little hurdle, and kept on going full speed. Um, a lot to like about about him and uh, a lot of part of the game uh, that Auburn showed on, on game one. Yes, obviously we'll get into Cal this week, um, breaking them down. Really, you know, get Hugh Freeze at 11 a.m. on Monday, and from, from there we'll be rolling, looking at the week two opponent. Me and Jason are headed out uh, to the West Coast on uh, Thursday. Very, very excited for that. I am also have no idea what to expect because I've never been to California before, so I'm excited for uh, for that trip. But, you know, Jason, they um, – Maybe a little bit of a lost storyline. We'll see if uh, Sam Jackson is able to play. Peyton Thorne was asked about it. You know, they were high school teammates there mm-hmm. in, the, in the Chicago area. So we'll see if he's able to play the former TCU transfer at quarterback for Cal. But uh, Jade Knott, I thought, was one of the better running backs on Auburn's schedule this year. Buck 88 in that game against North Texas. Um, two touchdowns on the ground. It was their most yards in a game, Jason, since 2015. I mean, they they had the starting quarterback go down the first quarter, and they really kept chugging along. And so, um, you know, it was it was you know, we were talking about some of the betting stuff. Auburn covered in this first game, which was very very impressive. Um, you know, we'll see we'll see what things look like. It opened at a touchdown. I saw it somewhere else at five and a half. I think this is going to be a close game, but at the end of the day, we could we could be out there. You you know, over here on the West Coast watching the game, you guys might be up until one or two in the morning watching them trade touchdowns in the second half because. Um, these are a couple defenses that I think, you know, good, not great. Maybe Auburn right now I think could settle into a pretty good defense. But early in the year, I think these are a couple offenses that they could yeah. be flying. I think it'll be an entertaining game. Yeah, you know, different ways. I mean, you know, I think Finley came in for quarterback for Cal and, and then had like 189 yards passing. And Jake Spavadol is is Cal's offensive coordinator, who was a guy that was, you know, one of those Texas guys that everybody had to have and put all these huge numbers at, at different places. Um, so they're going to be wide open. Auburn's going to be wide open. I think it's going to be wide open. I think that's going to be the uh, the, the story of the day uh, as we get ready for late night Saturday night. And like I said, we'll have a lot more of that as we get into the week. Yeah, for sure. Very fun week coming up. Really looking forward to it. But really fun opener. Um, you know, then the, at the end at the end of the day, the the trees were open and Hugh Freeze and uh, and his uh, you know, 200, 300 people from his family that were in town got to go do that. And so uh, really a storybook day for Auburn. In its uh, season opener, fifty-nine to fourteen um, over UMass, Jason. Most points they've scored in a game since Week Two of two thousand twenty-one. Um, so a nice, uh, nice performance on both sides of the ball. Obviously, Jalen Simpson added that pick six um, to score on defense. So, thank you guys so much for listening to our quick recap here of the weekend. If you guys enjoyed it, please go leave us five star review. That's the number one thing that helps us out. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. And as usual, during the season, we'll have two more podcasts coming up this week. We'll have me and Jason previewing Cal. We will also bring on our Cal 24-7 writer onto the podcast to talk about the Golden Bears as well. And so until those episodes, we'll catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy Labor Day and the start of your week. We'll talk to you all soon.
original docu-series on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control-Alt-Desire, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.